Hey there, I'm Mitchell Davis and welcome back to The Hallway Track. I've got a great episode for you today. I sat down with Marty Friedel, Development Director at Mighty Digital in Melbourne, Australia, and Russ Steiger, a freelance developer in Switzerland who also runs the Laravel Switzerland Meetup. We spoke about cats, cuddles, community, and ChatGPT. I talk about this a bit later in the episode, but I've got some exciting news. We've just rolled out the new website for my business, Atlas Software. You can check it out at atlas.dev. We've spent a bunch of time cleaning up the messaging to describe exactly what we do, and I'd love if you would take a look. Chris and I are a small two-person team based here in Australia, and we've got decades of development experience between us. I'm trying to grow the business and pick up some more clients, both for development and also for mentoring. So if you're in need of some senior Laravel developers, please check us out. We've made a public commitment of paying it forward. So for all of 2024, we're going to sponsor open source projects that benefit our customers for 2% of every engagement that we take. On the new website, we're also trying a fixed price offering where you can book our time for a set number of days per week on a monthly basis. The website goes into all the pricing, but you'll know exactly what you're paying for up front. If your team could use some extra help to get a project out quicker, or if you have a referral for us, please head to atlas.dev to get in touch. I've got some more news about Patreon at the end of the show, so if you're interested in supporting the show and having me read your name out at the end of each episode, stick around until the end. Thanks for your time, and now, on to the show. Uh, can you introduce yourselves for me? I, my name's Sadi Friedel, and uh, I'm the development director or head code monkey, depending on how formal you want to be, of Mighty Digital, um, based in Melbourne, in Victoria, in Australia. Hey there, out there, you beautiful people. Thank you, Mitch, for this nice podcast. I can come here. And hey, Marty, my name is Ruslan Steiger, but I think it's pretty hard for the English people to pronounce Ruslan. So let's go over just with the first three letters, Russ. And I'm a freelance developer from Switzerland in Europe. And yeah, I love to get things done with Laravel. I'm a developer. I'm passionate about it. I'm organizing meetups. And yeah, and I'm really proud and honored to be here on a podcast and talk about my passion. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, guys, for being on. I've chosen both of you guys to get on a call. You applied to be on the show, which was excellent. And um, I got a sense of community from both of you. So Marty and I, both being based in Australia, we met at Laricon Australia. Marty spoke, did a great job and spoke about Statomic. And I really got the sense from Marty of a desire to get himself out there more. And I echo that as well. Um, because it can feel quite isolating in, in the community if you're not actively engaging with people. Um, so Laracon in particular is a great opportunity I've found to get out there, meet more people, and, and that's obviously that's what spurred on creating this show. But then we have Russ, on the other hand, who's created his own meetups uh, in Switzerland and, and yeah. runs the Laravel Switzerland meetup. And I thought, what a great contrast. <laughs> between uh, some people that maybe would like to get out there a bit more and then uh, someone who's uh, looking at running uh, their meter. So again, thank you so much for, for being on. If I can just start today, I really like knowing more about what's, uh, what's your day look like, you know? So um, maybe Marty, 
on a, on a typical day, what are you doing each day with running Mighty Digital and your development work? What's a typical day look like for you? So days tend to start fairly early. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's lucky at the moment uh, to be able to work from home, which is fantastic. Mm. Uh, I've got two cats. And uh, they very much like that I get to work from home. Um, and the reason that's relevant is that my day starts with the cats. So uh, they will typically be at the bedroom door crying and wanting breakfast at uh, whenever they hear any noise. And uh, so they get okay. fed. I detour by the kitchen to my office and uh, I'll sit down, start looking at emails or getting started with what I had planned to do for that day. And Zach will join me for a cuddle and uh, he he will not leave until he's had his cuddle. If I put him on the floor, he'll just jump back up and have his cuddle. But after about 10 minutes, he'll have enough and he'll wander off and um, he will go and sleep on a bed that is about two meters away from me at the moment and he'll just spend his day sleeping in there. But he dictates the morning. And so then when he's finally off my arm, I can type properly. <laughs> yeah, that makes it a bit difficult, doesn't it? <laughs> if, if, if I'm ever trying to chat with someone and it gets very slow, it's most likely because I've got a cat on one arm and I'm very limited with what I can do. Um, I'm a bit jealous of you. You have always something to uh, cuddle with. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm actually, so, so I've had to shut my office door because, and I'm surprised he's not at the other side of it. As soon as my office door is shut and I'm in my office, He's very often sitting at the door crying, wanting to be let in. He's, um, he's a little clingy. We got Toby, who's just an old man cat. He's 10. This is a complete segue, but anyway, um, he's a, he's 10 going on, I don't know, 40. He's just a big cuddle bear. Um, he just sleeps all day, plops himself on the floor and he's happy. And Zach is, he's like my shadow. He follows me around the house. So, uh, yeah, he likes that I work from home. If you're ever on a, typical meeting call with me during a work day, you'll probably get Zach making an appearance because he'll hear my voice and want to get involved. But yeah, I, I, I try to plan my days uh, in advance based on the project work that's going on at any given time. We've just been changing the way that we manage tasks internally for different projects so that I think part, partly to improve multitasking capabilities across multiple clients. You know, if you were working on one project, uh, it's a little bit easier, but I think when when you're juggling multiple clients and that could be onboarding new clients, it could be doing, you know, more BA um, scoping kind of work. And I, I think especially because of the size that Mighty is, we are a very small company. You know, I do have to do that scoping work and that BA kind of work. And all of this just needs to be planned in advance so that I know what I've got to get done on my days and so that nothing gets, gets forgotten. And um, I do like ticking things off because it's that lovely sense of achievement. And so you, using this task manager that we use now has been fantastic to try to improve the way that we work as a team across projects. And a, again, another little segue, this has been, so quick little history here. Um, my business partner, Michael, so he'd been a sole trader for about 11 years. I've been a sole trader for 14 years and he'd spent a lot of time working with Joomla. And it was always troublesome to work on the project at the same time because you needed to copy all the files over, you needed to have the database over. And if I installed a, an add-on in my version, then that would be different in his database version. And it, it just started to get really complicated. But working with Laravel and working with Statomic makes it really easy to be able to work on a project at the exact same time. Uh, and especially with Git to be able to have different branches running and, and, and pull and push when needed. So that's really helped the way that we work. So I think we've spent quite a bit of time over the last 12 months trying to improve our internal workflows 
so that we can be more productive during the day so that we know what we've got to get done and things don't get forgotten and that we can try to minimize a little bit of stress and a little bit of panic. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, just to, to really try to keep on top of things and, and not overwhelm a particular day and be realistic with what gets scheduled in a day too. Um, you know, I'm not sure how, how, you know, especially with Russ, I'm not sure how you, you go about scoping a project, especially, and this would be an interesting one, Mitch, for you to chip into about putting hours against the tasks that you need to do. So especially when they're billable hours, how that fits together, because you need to be able to put those in the day so that you can get things done too. Uh, and, and, and you know that, cause you don't want to put too many tasks in one day that suddenly it's actually unrealistic to achieve your goals. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the way that I work is I, during the scoping process, everything gets split into tasks and they get a, an hourly, uh, value associated with it. And then that helps me figure out what I can and cannot fit on one day. Right. Do you, do you both work in a similar way or am I <laughs> overcomplicating things? Oh. Marty, you're starting with a hard question right now, <laughs> but I, I don't have a magic bullet for that. But somehow at the end of the project, it always works out. But uh, I can feel you for this day for day. It can be really hard if you say, hey, this task needs two hours. This task needs four hours and the next one that and that. I try to, I change this. I still have my hours, but um, I change the thing to, hey, these are my tasks for this week. And I try to get my task done for that week. And that's um, working really great for me because when I need a bit longer for one task, maybe I estimated something like three hours for a task, but it took me a half day to do it, maybe two hours longer. Then I'm not stressed out for it because I know, ah, I still got the whole week. Don't worry. It's okay. I'm fine with it. So, and another task, I said, hey, it needs six hours. And I was done in like two hours. And somehow, magically, everything the finds out. Yeah, it balances. It's, it's always out. And I get all the things done in, uh, in the week. And sometimes I get even more done than I was uh, prepared, like I was calculating. And um, that's like my, that's how I do the thing. I try to calculate everything for a week base so that it's uh, working out for me. Yeah, That's like my, my magic sauce to the thing, yeah. I, I like that going down the, the weekly path, um, you know, a little bit less micromanaging involved. Um, you know, <laughs> you mentioned about some things taking longer than, than expected. Have, have you both found that the tasks that you expect to be simple end up being the big ones? And then the tasks that you think are going to be really complicated, just magically fall into place and get done effortlessly. It, it, are you experiencing that or is that just me? Sometimes. <laughs> De depends yeah. on the task. I, I've had my fair share of complex tasks that no, they took just as long, if not longer than I thought. So yeah, mm. absolutely. Also for me, sometimes this happens as well, but at the complex task, I think the problem is just my mind, just imagining it because I never done it maybe before. I have no reference. And so my mind goes in the panic mode. And so, oh, I have to think about that and then that and then that. But at the end, when I'm starting it and I think, ah, that's easy. Ah, that was easy as well. Ah, that's no problem. Why am I thinking so, so much heavily beforehand? Yeah. And I think the thing is, when you go too deep in a task, your mind will make problems and this and this. 
And most times when you just go with the flow, you know, when, when you, I never experienced something that I could not program it. I could not solve it. It never happened. It never happened. Somehow I got everything solved. Even at the end when I called someone and needed maybe some help. But at the end, I got it working. And uh, yeah, I think we have to learn maybe sometimes to calm down more <laughs> and yeah. not to see everything perfect. <laughs> like yep. I, I need to know beforehand how I can solve it. I think the journey is the, is the goal. Yeah. The journey is the destination. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I, I really like breaking things down into like it's specifically with really complex tasks. Like if I'm working on something that's maybe, you know, uh, dealing with something that I've never covered before, I really like to just slow down. And like um, when, if I'm pairing in particular, so often I'm like, okay. And like I, I use that as like a, a reset. Just I keep saying that, okay. And then, uh, so we'll, okay, we're going to do this part. And then we do that. And then now we'll go on to the next tiny thing. So end up building like up a bunch of these micro tasks is typically how I go about solving a complex problem. And like, I'll write out, you know, a to-do block above whatever I'm trying to do. And I'm staring there at an empty function, you know, a controller or whatever. And um, yeah, I've written out my to-dos and I try and make them as small as possible. So I'll end up with like, four or 10 or 15 like to-dos of, okay, this is what needs to happen. And then, yeah, I use that as like a reset to go, okay, right, let's on to the next thing. Let's do this. And I think it drives Chris, uh, who works with me, I think it drives him crazy sometimes, but we, sure enough, we end up getting through like really hard problems together. And that's often how I approach it. So. But I think you, you need to be able to walk before you can crawl as well, especially if you're learning something new for a specific uh, problem that you're trying to solve, uh, you need to understand the basics before you're able to go too far down that path. And sometimes that just needs those stepping stone moments to get there. Um, but yeah, being able to pause and slow down is the, oh, okay, right. One thing at a time, uh, rather than, cause it, otherwise it can just become overwhelming. And, and I think that especially with so many people working, uh, remotely now and not necessarily having that tight community that they can, or an individual or even a couple of people they can fall back to. Um, without having those contacts, uh, you can feel very isolated when trying to solve a problem. And sometimes you might think, hang on, I feel like I should know this. And I feel like I'm going to be looked at like an idiot for asking something that should be obvious, but everyone needs to start somewhere. Yeah, completely agree. I'm a big proponent of like, there's no stupid questions, you know? Um, and I, I've always been someone who's asked questions right from being a kid, like, never been afraid to just reach out and ask someone so yeah I, i'm all for that especially helping juniors as they grow you know in, in their mm -hmm. journey um i don't work with enough juniors i think we're only a small team as well we're a team of two um and chris is very much a senior but yeah i it's really important you know to try and teach people as they as they get in that nope it's cool if you're not sure how something works Let's work on it together, you know, or here you go, you can go learn about it. Well, that, that, it's funny you mentioned that because that's where a lot of my blog post topics come from, uh, from when I've been learning something myself and thought, oh, yeah. okay, someone else might find this interesting. I couldn't find what I was looking for. I had to dig through some code to be able to understand how this was going on. Can I write this in a way that could help someone else who's ha having a similar problem be able to resolve 
and, and learn that and understand that as well. Um, so some of my blog posts can be really light and really easy and really obvious, I guess, seemingly obvious, but if I found them useful, if I've learned something, there's no doubt someone else, whether that is a junior, whether that is a senior, uh, who might have the exact same question and being able to, to put something out there that could help make someone else's day easier is good. And, and I think that, you know, especially within the, the Laravel community has been fantastic. I, I've really enjoyed being a part of it, even for such a short period of time. And as a subset of that, the Statomic community has been phenomenal to be connected with. The majority of the users, I think, in, in the scheme of things are in the US and in Europe, but it's been fantastic to connect with people. And that typically for an Australian workday, there are people online on, on Discord who who are awake at the same time. There are a couple who will, you know, are always happy to help out. And um, I think that level of community has been really good, especially given how isolating things can be. Um, you know, and, and for Statomic, quick side note there, the Statomic community is very heavy on Discord, but that's where they are. And if you, mm. you know, create a thread and ask a question and you'll get, you'll get help and responses and, you know, having helpful people out there has been really good and trying to give back as well for when others ask those questions to uh, get them back on track as well. Because, you know, sometimes it could be that small little stumbling block that's stopping them from really flourishing with what they're trying to do. Yeah. Thanks for sharing blog articles and stuff like that, Marty. It's always useful stuff like that. And the thing is, what's obvious? You, when you're in the moment, you think, oh, that's obvious. Everyone knows that. But do you know it a half year later yourself? It's like I saw a tweet from Frank from Sparty in Belgium. And he, he posted like he was Googling something for Laravel. And the first uh, hit was an article from himself. And it's like, ah, I answered this question like a year ago. And it's like, ah, yeah, that's perfect. I already forgot that. And I think that's the thing. Our brain is tricking us in this obvious things. We have to know everything, remember everything. But let's be honest. It's like, we are always Googling. We are always asking questions. And now with ChatGPT, it even got easier. It's like, before I hit up a friend now, I just try, maybe ChatGPT knows it. <laughs> and I yeah. just form it. Yeah, before I'm writing a WhatsApp someone else, I'm just writing it in ChatGPT and see, is this plausible what he gives me? Because I have a sense now, uh, does this make sense or not? And I think that's a really good starting point as well. Like, a, yeah, if you've got nobody to talk to, maybe if you're a junior or something like that or starting out and you have not... the network of people right now yeah absolutely i i found myself uh it was late last year using chat gpt to help me with code for the very first time um i had well okay maybe that's not true i had tried uh copilot and i just couldn't get into it i wasn't a fan so i i got rid of it but this was the first time that i needed some help with a bash script and uh i'm not like a huge Linux nerd or anything like that. So I know some things, but like I wasn't sure how to make it was something like a, an optional argument to to a script, a bash script. And I, yeah. Oh I man, that's very... so obvious. What's up with you? <laughs> I'm a fraud. You've exposed me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and like I, because um, I know like, specifically it's something in bash it's like dash z or something like that it's like you use that to test if it's an empty string or something like that i've probably got it wrong but 
I knew that that would be really hard to Google. I was like, hang on, I got this thing because, you know, like the negative Z and whatever, it'll, it'll take it out of the search result. It's like, I've got this thing, chat GPT, it probably can help me. And I told it like exactly what I was trying to do. And sure enough, it got it exactly right. And this was a script and I knew I could, I could read it after it had written it. And I was like, okay, that feels right. It doesn't feel like it's got anything wrong there. Sure enough, I ran it and it worked perfectly. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big game changer, but yeah, especially if it's like, you know, some tech stack that you're not super familiar with or um, translating from one programming language to another, things like that. It's amazing. Total game changer. So anyway, Russ, I want to ask you, what's a typical day look like for you? Ooh, now it's my turn. Well, my day, I'm a bit jealous of Marty's day because every time he needs a break, he can cuddle with his cat. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, my day starts a bit different. Let's say I start with a cuddle as well with my goddess. Uh, So we start the day together. We have, um, it it always depends. My days are starting always a bit different, but after the initial phase, like uh, we had breakfast or stuff like that, talking, getting ready for the day, I would say she's leaving the home and then I'm alone at home so I can get my stuff done. And like the first, first 30 minutes like that, I try to take the time off for me before I start working. So it's always different. Maybe one day I'm just doing a tea and just staring outside, doing nothing because I need to clear my thoughts. Another day I'm maybe meditating or doing stuff like that. Another day it can be like I'm writing stuff up because I have so much things in my mind in the morning already. It's always depending, but I try to get like the first 30 minutes just for me without emails, without nothing, just, hey, I'm alone and I try to get like time for me so I can take care of me. What, what are my problems? And yeah, and afterwards I start my day, like getting my task manager open, getting my mails op- open, stuff like that. And as soon as my goddess comes home, I stop working. <laughs> ah, okay, <laughs> that's, right. That, that's like my finish line. That's like perfect for me. She's leaving home. I start working. She's coming home. I stop working. Yeah. It's not like every day. Some days I have to do more, you know, how it works. (laughs) Yep, yep. It's not that simple. It's not every day the same, but that's like a typical day. And then we start cooking together, having great time. And yeah, I I love so I can get my mind off, get back to the, I don't want to say reality because working (laughs) is my reality as well, but yeah. It's like shifting my mind because now I, before I was like eight hours, like in solving problems and getting things done and programming. And then I have to shift everything to, yeah, now it's time for my family. Like, well, it's just my goddess. We are just two people, but it's my family. And now I have to shift everything. And yeah, we hang out. We have great time. Once a week, we go dancing together. So we bond. Uh, what type of dancing ah we just started it's like a introduction to dance it's like a tango tango stuff like that Ah, okay yeah yeah. i wasn't sure if you meant just like nightclub you know but no that's cool there you go yeah yeah it's a dancing class like one hour a week and uh, we try to get like our relationship 
relationship more deep together and yeah it's yeah. helping a lot yeah because i think the working part consumes so much of my life um it's so good that i have like um now with my goddess uh like um something outside that brings me even more joy yeah. i love to work i love to get things done but there was a time in my life where i only did work it's like there was nothing else i did like 12 hours straight a day maybe a bit sport afterwards and that yep. was it and i can do that if it's like a big project a deadline yeah i can hustle for one or two weeks it's okay it's fine with me i have no problem with that but if it's the normal thing i will get burned out like when i do it like for a month or six weeks or a long time of period of time i can't do that anymore it's or i never could do that it's like it stresses me out it, it's still my passion to code to get things done to bring value to the customer but hey i need to take care of me as well it's like a big time as well and there's a life outside of uh, development right absolutely yes absolutely absolutely and it's as or maybe even more important i think as the development part because if you close your laptop and you shut down what's what's in your life what why are you doing that and yeah you have to ask this question is your purpose programming hey it could be maybe your purpose yeah. in life is just programming but i uh, i made the experience like that it's something different when i close the laptop hey now hey here's my goddess here are my parents here are my friends my relatives my family stuff like that and when i always reflect back i don't say hey damn i wish i had done more work yeah. no when i reflect back i always say oh man i just met my best friend last year only six or seven times what the fuck yeah. What, yeah. what's happening and yeah and then i know ah the more important things is not working it's more like hey take your time to with meet people that you love and spend valuable time with them yeah yeah absolutely um well for me like a typical day for me i find myself getting into work uh pre not too long after getting up to be honest with you so i have an office it's like 10 15 minute drive away from home i'll typically mm. get up at maybe seven um my girlfriend leaves work before i do so um there's no cuddling in the morning uh and, and i call her my girlfriend <laughs> you're making me feel bad you you and you you got us uh but, but anyway it's only a decision to change the word from girlfriend to god maybe <laughs> maybe yeah we'll, yeah we'll see um, yeah that's right um but yeah so i'm i'm a huge proponent of a morning shower that's like my thing so get up out of bed yeah. straight into the shower um not like a too long or anything like that but you know five ten minutes and then i'm like i've been i'm focused so i'm ready to go i'm almost every morning i'm waking up and i'm like oh okay i'm excited about this you know so uh the job does have its downsides of course like all jobs do but in general i'm really excited about okay what am i gonna get done today I'm not as big of a planner as you are, Marty, by the sounds of it. Um, I much more prefer, I agree with what you said, Russ, about like more the weekly scope. That's typically how I'm thinking about work. But yeah, I, I like getting in and I'd, I'd never have it mapped out of like, okay, this is what I've got to do today. Instead, I'm more thinking about that as I get here. Like, okay, this is a gamut of, like this is an array of things that I could do today. 
and and as I mentioned before, I'm fortunate enough to have Chris on the team, and and he's often working on projects on more of a daily oriented uh, process. But my time, fortunately, is is a bit more free. So yeah, I'm generally able to think about okay, what do I want to do? Probably in work by eight o'clock. I used to go immediately and get a coffee straight away, but I found that I like waiting a bit and just like depriving myself of that. Um, and my girlfriend is a barista actually here in the in the center where uh, the office is. So it's great. I get to go see her and that's, you know, typically nine, 10 sometimes, grab a coffee and then, yeah, come back up. I, Chris's, Chris's time zone is half an hour behind mine. So he starts his day at 9.30 my time, you know, so that gives me like a good hour, hour and a half in the mornings to figure out what am I doing and get started before, you know, we're generally catching up in the morning. Um, mm. And it's great. Um, I'm really happy with the way work is going at the moment because every day's, I mean, it's not amazing, but it's pretty good. Uh, so I, I've got no real complaints there. Um, but we are starting to transition now. I, I'm, I'm trying to grow Atlas, the development agency that I run. And um, I'm getting very close, hopefully by the end of the week, of launching the new website for Atlas. And we're taking an approach of... <laughs> Thanks, Russ. Yeah. We're taking an approach of offering basically development on a per-day basis. So allocating... Uh, we're going to do half a day, one day, two days, and three days per week as just standard offerings. Those will be billed on a monthly basis. So you'll basically be buying a package of a certain number of days per month. Um, and so that will necessitate changing to more of a daily focus as opposed to what we do right now. Generally, we're billing like a slab of hours. So one of our biggest clients, they've booked ongoing 100 hours a month, which is about two and a half weeks of work mm -hmm. but within that there's generally some flexibility for us to uh assign okay today we're going to be working on this you know on this for the next few days and then maybe there's a bit of wiggle room while we go and work on another client's projects things like that just as long as we're meeting that 100 hour quota but this method of billing will sort of necessitate that okay each week there's going to be some progress that's pushed towards that client so that's going to be interesting. That's brand new. Um, but I've only just, I've been thinking about that over the holiday period and this is what we're going to try now for, you know, the next few months at least and mm -hmm. see if it resonates. But yeah, I um, outside of that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I, can I ask how, maybe if you still want to have this weekly, maybe you can do a four day uh, sprint or something like that, whatever you call it. And But for the four day, you give an extra discount. So maybe more people are uh, inclined to, yeah. Uh, yeah, to to buy this. So it will still fit with your weekly work. But if we do that, then we're fully, we're basically fully booked, uh, which I want to avoid. So that I thought about doing, <laughs> offering four days, but yeah. it, it leaves no real room to get anything done for any other large clients. So... Yeah, it is an experiment. I'm sure through the life of this podcast, I'll have more to talk about, you know, in a few months, uh, whether this worked or not. But um, it's certainly interesting anyway. I, I'm really excited to see how it goes. 
Yeah, maybe we anyway, can start hiring more people then if they got well, like. That would be great. Yeah, I've, I've never really wanted to have a very large team, but certainly, mm -hmm. you know, if Chris goes away on holiday or if I do, immediately we're back to half capacity, you know, and, and yeah, I, I yeah. would love mm, to have a yeah. few more people on the team. But um, yeah, like I said, you know, we're trying to scale. Um, so who knows? Uh, fingers crossed for, you know, the next year. Wish you That's the best, right. man. <laughs> Thank you. Outside of that, uh, generally after work, I it's not a New Year's resolution, but it wasn't too much earlier before New Year's. I started to commit uh, to going to the gym and, well, going back to the gym. I, I, I used to go a fair bit, uh, but then I stopped and uh, I am ready to go back. So I'm committing, though, to going two-thirds of the time. So generally, I'm going to do two days on and then one day off. Uh, and that's sort of a, a cadence that I can make work. Um, mm. And that's after work. And then, because like I used to go to the gym before work and I found that that was good. But it, as I said earlier, I just really want to get in and get started on work. And the gym doesn't give me that like sense of, okay, I'm going to get stuff done, you know? So yeah, I find if I can do it after work, then that works for me. And then after that, typically go home i used to play games on the computer a fair bit uh i've kind of stopped doing that over the last year i don't really do it much anymore and uh, my girlfriend and i will typically be watching shows on netflix and things like that while we're having dinner um and that's a full day walk the dogs somewhere in there whether that's before work or or after and that's when i normally i, I listen to podcasts um that keeps me up to date with what everyone else is doing which is awesome and yeah, then I get on, normally I'll get on Twitter uh, at the end of the day, because that's when all the Americans are becoming active. So that's when you'll see like I'm tweeting and stuff. Um, cause I find I can't do it throughout the day. Like, I don't know how some of these people out there, like here in Australia, I see them in like the, uh, PHP Australia Slack group and people are chatting like all through the day, you know, or, or on Twitter all through the day and. I just can't do it. Like it takes all my focus away, you know, from what I'm trying to do. So I'm not as good on Twitter as I would like to be, but you know, something that I'm working on. Well, I think, I think sometimes you need to, there are, there are times when you can multitask and times when you need to focus. And, uh, and I think that whether it's social media, so, uh, even messenger, Facebook messenger or on Twitter or whether you're on discord or if it's Slack or, or wherever can just really become noise. When you're trying to focus on something, um, it's hard to have your focus taken away somewhere else. And I, and I think to look back, this is kind of why I think we go down the, you know, hourly kind of what are we, what, how long do tasks need to take so that I can say to someone, give me half an hour and I'll be with you because I feel I become very unproductive when I have my, my attention taken up by so many different things. It's kind of like, um, an Apple watch. I love my Apple watch. I really do. But when you get a new Apple watch and you start for the first time and it says, Hey, do you want all your notifications from your phone? You're like, I don't know. Like, sure. Why not? And your, your watch just is constantly dinging and buzzing and vibrating with every single notification. And over time you figure out what you do want to be interrupted with and what you don't. And personally for me, it's about, uh, calendar alerts or reminders. Um, <laughs> come back to the reminders. 
uh, in a minute, but uh, phone calls or text messages, the really urgent things my watch will bother me for, but everything else I've turned notifications off because I've found everything was just taking my distraction too much uh, or taking my attention away from what I was trying to get done. And when you do have one of those complex things, uh, it can be quite detrimental to to the rhythm that you're trying to hit. I uh, I do have an Apple Watch and it basically, like I'm wearing it now, but it's turned off. <laughs> They they, they typically work better when they're turned on, just putting it out there. It's too annoying. You're right. It does too much stuff. So I found like within getting it within a month, I had it sitting on the like airplane mode basically um, so that, yep, it just tells the time. And I got it because I like the look of it. I Sure, I thought, oh, yeah, that'll be really cool. I'll like it to, you know, do all the stuff that they can do, but. Yeah, I uh, I found that no, I just want a cool to my eyes, a cool looking watch that doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, so yeah, and then like when I'm driving in particular, and you've got maps on, and then it'll start like vibrating at you that you've got to turn left here or whatever. I just want but all you, that to stop, so I turn it off when I when I drive. But mm. you know that 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 can actually be really useful uh, if you are walking in a city that you do not know. Rather than wandering along with your phone out in your hand, um, the vibration patterns are different based on whether it's turning left or turning right. So if you program in your route where you're trying to walk, especially if it's in a city that you don't know, or if it's at night and you don't want to be having your phone out, um, pay attention to how the haptics are on your wrist. And one of them is like a low, high, low, high, and the other is a high, low, high, low. And that will be left or right so that you don't actually need to have your device in your hand. You can be aware of what's going on around you, which is actually really good. But uh, there is a bit of an onboarding curve (laughs) with the Apple Watch to make sure it's doing what you want it to do and not ruling your life. Because it can be, especially on your wrist, you're typing away and, you know, it's buzzing away. It can be very, very intrusive. But it is good when you do get it done. I I guarantee it. I've been using one since the very first version. And yeah, you just got to spend a little bit of time with it. Yeah, right. Tune it up, hey? Mm. But I feel you with the distractions. It's like I even removed the um, toolbar, the top toolbar at the Mac where the time is showing because when I'm like in the focus, like in the flow of programming, I even don't want to know which time is it. So I can't get distracted. It's like even I try to get my setup clean as well. So I'm not like I'm looking there. Oh, shit. I Oh, there's something here. I I need to remove it. No, no. I try to get like for the focus work, I try to get as clean, as minimal as possible and as less and less distractions. Let's mm. say it like that. Yeah. Even on my screen <laughs> that I try yeah. to remove everything that can distract. <laughs> Let's say like. I'm, I'm the same. I, I use uh, Bartender um, up the mm-hmm. top and that gets rid of like, you can tell it what to do, but I get rid of all the icons basically. I like having the time mm. there. I use that a lot, but that and like tuple. Uh, and mm-hmm. a VPN, like the only things that I have sitting up there normally. I get rid of the dock. I hate mm-hmm. seeing the dock and like the flash of your wallpaper underneath and on the sides and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've long got rid of that. Um, and then, yeah, I'm really boring with my background. It's just like uh, r- solid color. And you can hide all of your desktop files mm-hmm. as well. There's some thing that you can run that gets rid of them all. So I've got like the most boring looking uh set up so, here. so is that just me. select all and delete is that isn't that what you do with a cluttered desktop you just get them all and put them in the bin no no not quite is uh <laughs> there is something to hide files but on that note though i have like i'm a really bad 
archivist, I guess. So I've got inside of my documents folder every now and then, like every three months or whatever, I'll take all the files from that and then put them inside of a folder in my documents folder called desktop. So I've got like six desktops from the last 18 months or something like that. And all the files just go in there and I'm, that's it. It works for me. I'm happy enough with it. And yeah, I, I don't have to think about it. But. There's somewhere. You just got to remember which one, but it's, it's in a desktop somewhere. Some type of desktop. Yeah. In theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I could not, I could not work like that. It's like no? every time I would be reminded of that. Yeah. It's like the, the, the flip side to that is that, so I think I'm still sitting somewhere in the middle here because, uh, there's someone else that relies on, you know, where I put files and whatnot. We need to have some sort of logic and structure to what we're mm. doing. Uh, but I find that if I start getting too granular about where things get filed, you just look at the folders and you go, I don't know. It could be under this or it could be under that, or it could be under that. So maybe not quite six desktop holders, uh, but maybe not quite, yeah, trying to be a little bit more general with things. And, and I think that if I'm working on a project that is an ongoing project that will have, you know, regular updates and scoping and whatnot, um, using the date for a folder prefix is great. Cause then I can see, oh, I knew it was in 2022 or 2023. Uh, so you can easily jump to at least the time area where it is, but there's a balance to, to it. But day to day, like, like you too, my desktop is very minimalist, trying to hide as much as I can. And mm. I mean, if the doc's shown, you lose so much screen real estate. I like having my coding IDE there. That's, that's everything that's there. I can relate to 100%. And even I don't use the desktop at all. It's like, yeah. I have nothing on my desktop. It's just my background and that's it. I got a pretty picture. That's it. The pretty picture is the only yeah. thing on the desktop. Yeah. yeah so I don't even have that. It's just a solid color. Like, nah, I'm not here to see my desktop. That's it. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit funny, I guess. Anyway, that's right. Um, Marty, I wanted to talk with you. You are a group fitness instructor and a landscape photographer. Can you walk me through how does that work? Yeah. Okay. So I've been teaching uh, group fitness classes for a little over 16 years now. Um, I teach Les Mills group fitness classes. Uh, I am trained in, oh, let me rattle them all off. Body Attack was my first program. Uh, I'm all yeah, not currently teaching that, uh, but I'm also teaching Body Balance, uh, Body Pump, Les Mills Core, uh, Les Mills Tone. Um, I've shadowed the trainer team at the recent Body Balance 100 workshops, which was just celebrating 100 releases of, of Body Balance, which is a, uh, a yoga and type, uh, yoga and Pilates based program, which is absolutely beautiful. And I love that this provides such a big contrast to what I do every day, sitting down at a desk yeah. and I, I kind of, well, I get paid to go to the gym, but there's a lot of prep that goes into that as well. Because so if you're unfamiliar with Les Mills, they are pre-choreographed group fitness classes, uh, which means that if you go and do a body pump class anywhere around the world, it will be following the same structure. If you do body balance anywhere, it'll be the same structure. And we need to learn what we've been given. We're given a video, we're given music, we're given um, education sessions, as well as all the choreography notes and the education that goes along with each specific sequence. And uh, we then need to be able to deliver that to our class. Um, so I teach at the moment six classes regularly a week, um, which is a very, very nice contrast. And what's really funny about it, and I know it's weird given you're, you know, you're listening to my voice now and I've spoken Laragon, uh, I'm the quietest and shyest person that you probably 
will ever bump into. Um, yeah, that doesn't come across. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I'm good at hiding that. And, and yeah. it's really funny when you see me uh, in, in a group fitness class, I, I'm kind of out there and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do and, and, and helping lead these classes, especially if you've got a high energy class, it's not just about do this, do that, but it's also about motivating and encouraging and supporting every member that's there to help them achieve their best as well. And as soon as I get into that room, I, I'm not saying I, I, it's a different person, but it's a, like a different aspect of me that I socially wouldn't bring out, but I'm in command of that room. And, uh, I'm, I'm the scary one. There's air quotes there. I'm the scary one at the gym, but yeah, so that, that, that's, that's one thing that keeps me out of trouble after work and, you know, being, uh, self-employed and being able to work from home. I do also teach one class in the middle of the day, um, just because the gym's five minutes down the road. So why not? Perfect. So that's fantastic. And yeah, then photography is another way to get out. And again, a huge contrast to sitting at a computer all day and especially sitting indoors all day. Uh, so I live in Point Cook in Victoria, which is about an hour from the start of the Great Ocean Road. There is so much that you can photograph out there, whether it's rainforests and waterfalls or epic coastlines or seascapes or rural country style photography. You know, we're in Melbourne, we're a couple of hours away from the Mallee area. So there's so much to, to be taking photos of. And I think that I like sunrise more than sunset because, you know, me being the quiet person, I don't like people. So there's no, typically no one out at sunrise. Uh, so it's a nice quiet time. And, and I think that, you know, just like Russ said that he sometimes will just be staring out the window for half an hour with a cup of tea. It's that decompression time where uh, it's just that time and space to yourself. And, and even over, over Christmas, uh, was interstate with family and we were all staying in a house, um, together. And I got up every morning for sunrise, even Christmas day. And even though the weather was not great, I was still out there because it's a, it's a mental thing. It's not just, I, I could go out and spend a couple of hours outside taking photos or not taking photos. I can come back with nothing and I still have no regrets of going out and spending that time there because it's the process of being outside, of getting fresh air, of having some alone time, some quiet time and, and focus on something that is completely different from, you know, anything else that you're doing. And I think that the group fitness side of things is the same, even though the group fitness thing is still work, I'm, I'm employed to do that. I can't think about coding while I'm teaching a class. If I'm out shooting, I can't think about, uh, coding while I'm trying to figure out how I want to compose a shot, or if I'm playing around with long exposures and filters and, and figuring out the logic for what I need to do, it, it's giving my mind something very focused to, to be, uh, well focused on. And, uh, I think it's a really good contrast to everything else that goes on and, and a little bit of relief maybe is the right word. Yeah. So that they, they've been hanging around for a while. And, and I think that COVID, uh, the lockdowns in Victoria for COVID restrictions were severe. I think they were probably the most severe throughout the world. Yeah. And since COVID, I haven't really been out shooting as much as I would like. And that's something that's on my to-do list this year is to change that to, to get out there more. And again, it's not about, you know, getting that shot. It's the process of it that I think is the therapeutic aspect for me. So I need to be working more on that this year and getting myself out there, you know, <laughs> outdoors as well as, you know, putting myself out there in that social situation so that people can really realize just how shy and quiet I am. 
Well, if there's no one out there with you, though, then no one will see that you're shy and quiet, right? So. Oh, no, but not just the photography thing, but even, you know, speaking to members one on one is always a little bit, yeah, I get a little shy and quiet there, too. I don't put, put me, give me a microphone and put me on stage, and I'm, I'm fine. I've got no dramas with public speaking, but um, yeah, one on one and small groups, that's where, yeah, that's where I start to struggle and go back into my shell. So, yeah, we're work in progress. That's interesting, eh? Yes. Yeah, thanks for sharing, man. That's uh, really exciting because I think it comes down with something um, I have in my mind as well. It's because like photography or everything you do, it's like to be conscious about the moment and how great actually life is. Because you go out and you want to photograph something and then you have to mindful about it. You have to respect the moment. You have to respect every second that's actually now and see the beauty of it. And so you can only then take a good picture because if you can't see the beauty in the moment, it's nothing. And that's, I think that's a chief task in life to master is to respect every single moment you have and not to waste it, like to get bored or something. Because I think when you are bored, then you are not conscious about the current moment. Where am I currently? It's like last time I was driving with the car, I had a four hour drive. And after two hours, I was so fucked about hearing a podcast or <laughs> whatever and listening to music. Then I turned everything off. And then a few minutes later, I was so bored. It's like, oh man, it's so shit, shitty to drive. And I still have two hours to go. And then I told myself, hey, Russ, just be conscious. What's actually happening here? You're driving in a car with 120 miles, uh, kilometers per hour. And here in front of you are the Swiss Alps. It's a beautiful location. Hey, just look around. It's amazing. Just witness the beauty of life. And I'm sure you can do it every moment and every second. And when I changed just my mind, everything changed. It's like it was not no longer boring drive now it was like oh yeah i'm right yeah i can look outside it's nice here i can look at the mountains i and yeah it's just a beautiful yeah it's just the life is beautiful like every moment and i think that's like when we can get this experience back to us i i I completely agree with with what you've said there and and i think that so body balance is the the yoga and Pilates class, it's a mind-body class. So there's obviously the physical aspect, but we also finish with a relaxation and mindfulness. And and I think that being mindful of everything that you're doing, whether that is in a gym and a group fitness studio, whether that's driving a car, whether that's going out to take a photo, whether that's sitting at a keyboard, but be mindful of what you're doing and be mm-hmm. um, be present in that moment because that moment is your moment. And you know, if you're going and catching up with someone and, and spending face-to-face time with them, be present in that moment. Don't sit there on your phone. Don't, you know, social media is not connection. Um, it may help to be able to connect it with family who may be overseas or interstate, and that's fantastic. But if you've got actually got, uh, you know, friends who are in your area that you could be going and, and speaking to, go and speak to them, be with them and be present in that moment. Um, because there is so much out there beyond work. Um Whatever your hobby happens to be, even if it is video games, there's still a lot out there, but be present with what you do and be conscious of every moment. Completely agree with you, Russ. Yes. 
And that's really something I want to work this year for myself is being present. It's like, I know we, we were like in Italy, in Milan, and I witnessed it myself. We were walking the streets. It's like really beautiful city there. It's the old town, everything. And I was, I was looking at my phone, like checking mm. messages, like completely irrelevant. It's like, it's my holidays. I want to relax. And I'm again on my phone. And then my, my goddess told me as well, Hey, it's not the time right now. You can do it later. And then I'm like, shit. It's like, uh, she caught me. It's like, yeah. And then I put my phone away and I was like, again, present in the moment and mindful. Hey, it's now our time. We have our holidays. Let's, let's have a great time together and be present. And I think that's the thing. And not thinking about, oh, next week I start work again or whatever. No, get this bullshit out of your head. It's now time. It's your time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to change gears a little. Russ, I, I yeah. mentioned, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I mentioned at the start of the show uh, about how you run the Laravel Switzerland meetup. Can you mm -hmm. tell us a bit about that? What's that like? How long you've been doing it? Um, what's involved? Yeah, I think like Marty is sharing his, like his obvious findings <laughs> with a blog article or something. Um, I try to do things that I my strength as well. And I learned that networking is like my strength, big strength, like bringing people together. And that's something I actually enjoy. It's like when I'm hosting a meetup and people are joining, people are coming or even finding speakers or whatever. It brings the actual joy that I bring the community together and have like a group of people that we can share our passion together and go forward. Because at the end, we're all doing the same thing just for different clients. It's like, that's like my mantra. I'm like in my head saying it always. And yeah, I fell actually in love, like organizing the event because people told me like, why wow, you're doing it once a month. It's so much work, but yeah, somehow it brings me joy. It brings me strength. And so I, I like to organize it because it solves like three problems or three things I have. Like the first thing is like, it gives me joy and strength because I love meeting people. I love to talk as you can maybe imagine from this conversation <laughs> and I, yeah, I like, like to meet new people as well and get changed my mind and to experience new things. Second, it's like, um, when I started programming, when I was a junior, like, uh, I, I started the startup with uh, two of my good friends and okay. it was so hard for me to get things done, to get anything done. And I had no network of people that I can go to, reach out, and they could help me. And that's like one thing. I want to start a place for juniors to come and ask questions and not be afraid of anything. That's because when I was a junior, I had nowhere to go. And the meetups I w were going, they were not uh, specific enough because they were doing maybe Vue.js or maybe Java or things like that. Yeah, the people could theoretical help me but when i showed them code it was yeah it was not very helpful for me and as a junior it's the i don't need the theoretical part as a junior help me with the code <laughs> and get, yeah. help me to get the things done yeah. and the second part is like to build the community like for the senior devs or for all the other devs like to stay connected and to learn new things and to get um 
to stay up to date because uh, yeah, it can be pretty. Yeah, it's. I think it's a hard. It's hard to stay up to date with all yeah. the technology, with every package that Spati is bringing out, <laughs> and every package every number six hundred and fifty. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and uh, every yep. release of Laravel stuff like that, like yet now. Uh, Laravel Pulse came out. I still got no time to look into it, something like that. And it's always great. Maybe someone from the community got time, looked into it, is doing a talk about it. And so I'm up to date with everything. And yeah, so we can give back to each other. And so that's the whole purpose of this meetup. Yeah. I, I, I can echo that the, the, the reasons why you're doing what you're doing. Um, so I've, I've been trying to get a, a Australian, New Zealand Statomic community group up and running for that same reason, so that it can build that sense of community and to be able to help everyone out. So it's not just about me helping, but it's about having that connection with people who are in the same time zone, who are like-minded to see what's happening in the Statomic world. And, uh, you know, every, every time we catch up, we've got a particular topic that we talk about, um, that is open for discussion because everyone does things their own way. There is no right and wrong. There are so many ways that you can do things, but being able to share that um, and create that community is really, really rewarding. I, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. And I love doing it. It's so great. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to this year uh, make much more of an effort to get out there. A big part of doing mm. this show. And um, I'm, hoping to start by going to uh, some meetups here in Sydney. So I spoke with, I believe his name is Max at uh, Laricon, and Max runs the meetups here in Sydney. So I'm going to try, and this is, I guess this is a bit of a pledge uh, here on the show, uh, to try and get myself out there to some of the Sydney meetups, not just wait for, you know, some of the big events like Laricon, but yeah, um, to try and get out there, to try and build that sense of community uh, you know, obviously trying to do that more globally, this and with Twitter and things like that, but also to just get a bit more of a network here in Sydney. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'll, I'll have to check into wherever the meetups are happening here, but um, yeah, yeah. That, that should be should be exciting. Yeah, Melbourne's got a yeah. PHP Melbourne group that meet. I think they're trying to do it bi-monthly now um, in 2024. And I went along to my first one in August last year. August? July, August, August, sometime last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, met Pat and Tim, who also at Laracon as well. And a couple of the other guys were also at Laracon too. Um, but that was also for me to blow the dust off the public speaking spectrum. And yep. first, first time at the meetup and, hey, yeah, I'm going to come and talk. Um, but it was really good to see that there are other people who are in your same region that you're not quite as alone as you necessarily think you are. You can do that. You can can get yourself out there visual you'll be right yeah i i look forward to it i'll uh it should be fun do it man do it because i think twitter and everything is great like sharing online but the real energy is in person it's like where the real energy you can feel from like-minded people like just looking in the eye from someone else it's like changing everything and i think it's a really good thing to have something um, in your local environment so you can go maybe every two months or what, monthly, whatever, and just meet other like-minded people, passionate people, and yeah, you can like elevate your energy together to a new higher. Yeah. 
And that energy can be completely infectious as well. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, it's very different from watching, uh, watching someone on the screen talk excitedly about something, but being able to yeah, feel the vibe and the buzz in a room. Uh, and, and I don't know, maybe if it's a good meetup, there might be pizza or something too. So it could be a win-win. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's a big at, part. At the, at the last meetup, we even got a raclette, if you know that. Cutlet? Raclette, yeah, you know that. It's like um, you, you melt cheese and put it on, um, um, what's it called? Potatoes, on uh, melted cheese on potatoes. Okay. And it was awesome. You got me there. It was like. It was the best meetup ever. <laughs> I don't so know if we'll have that. Everything is possible, man. <laughs> yeah, let's, I'll make a suggestion to Max. Say, hey, look into this. Go speak with Russ. <laughs> no worries. Um, Marty, I did yeah. want to ask you about your prep for Laracon. So what's involved? What was, rather, what was involved in getting your talk ready? You mentioned you spoke at a, at a local meetup, but how long did it take you to prep? Um, how long were you thinking about it? A long time, actually. Um, so we, we were lucky last year. And so, okay, let me go back a step. Uh, Mighty Digital are a certified partner agency with Statomic. Uh, so we have uh, regular catch-up calls with the Statomic core team and the other partners. And uh, so we built a bit of a connection with with a lot of the the, uh, the key Statomic people, including Jack McDade, who's the uh, one of the co-founders of, of Statomic. And I had a chat with him uh, at Flat Camp. So we went to Flat Camp, which was their first, mm-hmm. I'm going to call it a conference, but it wasn't a conference. It was a summer camp for adults uh, is the best way to talk about it. It was in North Carolina. Uh, they rented out all of these big American style log cabins. If you hear of log cabin and America, that's exactly what it was. Uh, so uh, up in the the mountains, uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. And that was fantastic. So cool. And had a chat to, um, uh, to Jack there about it. Uh, thinking basically saying look i was thinking of talking about static what are your thoughts of me doing something like that and and he was really supportive of that idea and you know i had a chat with him and had a chat with um with jason and jesse as well about ideas of how to how to structure and what you could try to share in half an hour and um yeah, so that started with the skeleton. That started figuring out the skeleton of the talk, and that prepared then an abstract that I put forward to uh, Michael Drinder for Laracon AU, and got picked for that. So I kept referring back to what I had said I would do uh, while I was going through and fleshing things out, and it it did take quite a long time to get everything prepared because half an hour sounds like a long time, but it is not a long time at all. And the big challenge that I had with um, with the, the Laracon talk was I couldn't talk about what I wanted to talk about without letting people know what Statomic actually is. So a large chunk of my talk needed to be introduction stuff. And, uh, one of the other speakers said to me afterwards, oh, I thought you started, you were talking a little bit fast and then you got to the end and I realized why you were talking so fast. And, uh, (laughs) there was just so much stuff to get through. And what I, what I thought was really relevant for for the Laravel community was seeing how it can plug into an existing app. And, and that was such a small part of the talk, but that was really what I wanted to be the core. Um, but I needed to share so much other information first. So I started off with fleshing out notes of what I wanted to actually have that then translated into basically coming into very ugly slides to cr- try and create that structure and, and step everything through. 
And then, of course, I needed to figure out what app I was going to um, demo. And so created an app. And I used, actually used that as a learning opportunity myself uh, to get my hand stuck into LiveWire and uh, well, LiveWire 3. So that was a double-edged thing for me. I had to prepare something for the presentation, but also I learned a lot doing that too. So that was really useful. Um, but needed to come up with the branding and it needed to be good. And it gave me major donut cravings because it was all about donuts. Um, yep. so that, that was a very dangerous app to, uh, <laughs> to play with. But, um, yeah, I then went through and gave a practice run of the talk, uh, to a, uh, a Statomic contact that I've got and, and his feedback was fantastic. It was blunt, but not rude is probably the best way to, to put it. And a lot of the. I'm my own worst critic. I'm really, I can be really hard on myself. Um, and I do have this perfectionism stretch to me and I always want to yeah. be perfect. And I, I've got high standards uh, and I, I, I own that. And I echoed a lot of the feedback that he had. I found it was missing things. So he saw an early version of it that was running about 20 minutes, but it was missing large chunks of information. And it was, it really needed that input from someone else. Cause I'd been looking at it for so long at that stage to, give that information of we're missing this that's leading into that and and figuring out how that needed to go and and so that value that feedback however you know you always want to hear good feedback and, and his feedback was really good um but it was just you're missing some things you need to flesh out a little bit more and that's that's really what led to that finished product and look even on the after party. So the after party, for those that weren't at Laracon AU, the after party was on after day one. We still had another day to go. Um, I get back to the hotel room and uh, I'm finding a photo of the cats to put in because I'm sorry, we can't just have the puppers be uh, represented. We also need to have the cat people out there too. Uh, yeah. So I was still tweaking it on the, the that night. I got up the morning to do another run through and I was... Um, uh, I was still tweaking it then. So I needed to really rein that in. But... The big thing I think, and this relates also to the group fitness side of things. So because of my experience in the industry, I mentor uh, new instructors when they come on board too. And one of the things that, that uh, going through the training process for, for a new, as a new instructor is they try to encourage scripting of what you are going to say. And I agree with that to a certain point. And the issue that I've got with scripting, at least for me personally, if I script too much, I rely, I feel like I would rely on reading it word for word rather than speaking organically. So I have notes and ideas and what's actually up on the screen is more like a prompt for me rather than a, um, uh, rather than a, something for me to be reading from. And that goes for group fitness people as well. When, you know, they're trying to figure out what to say, it's like, well, you need to know so many different things that you can say. And you need to figure out the right way to say them, but not rely on saying a word for word every time because it means the members would get bored. And it would mean that if I'm looking at my computer screen during a presentation, uh, you'll get bored of me just reading what's on screen. That's that's just not the way that I want to try to communicate. So uh, some people do want more scripting and more notes and, and that works well for them and that's completely fine. So I'm not saying that's you know bad and needs to be avoided. But for me, I find that if I've got too many words, I rely on reading the words rather than speaking and uh, trying to make sure that you know your content back to front. I mean, I, I, I could talk right now for half an hour about Statomic and, and run through that without any prep, but you need to know the structure of your talk enough so that you can you know what's going to come up before the slide even appears on the screen, especially with um, 
the way that I was running it for, for Laracon, I uh, could not use the second screen because I needed to flick in and out of Keynote to do code demos during the presentation. So I had no presenter notes. I needed to know the next slide before I got to it. I needed to know where my cue points were for different animations and transitions. So you just need to be so familiar with it. And um, changing it the night before is not the best way to do that. Just as a heads up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Marty. It was a fantastic talk. Uh, I could Thank feel you. the preparation, the energy you put in it. You, I could feel that. It was a really good talk. My, my, my high standards are coming out then, aren't they? And I, I've got to say, right, I've got to be right about this. So yeah, but thank you. Yeah, it was really good. Because I did the lightning talk, a seven minute lightning talk at uh, Full Stack Europe last year. Yeah. And I know how much work, even just for a seven minute lightning talk, it was, it was crazy. Hey, how many hours I put in it, like well, refining it, refining, then in the train to the conference, still on it. Well, I need to change this slide, this slide. And yeah, I know the feeling. But the nice it's, thing it's is, never, you feel never finished, right? Yeah, it's never finished. Never, never. <laughs> you can put endless hours in it. And, but the nice thing is, when I was finally on the stage, the energy on the stage is like really great because like on the conference, there were like 120 people or maybe 150, something like that. It was not that huge conference like uh, Laracon. I think it was much bigger. But the energy is really great. Like when you go on stage, you, you say something, the crowd is interacting. And yeah, I, yeah, it's so much different than just watching the talk online. Mm. If you are doing it yourself, yeah, it's, the energy is crazy. <laughs> Maybe you can... Uh, Tell your experience with how it was like being on stage. Yeah, like, and so we were asked to um, also pick our own hype music for uh -huh. the time that we were walking up on stage. So everyone had their, had their own song uh, for their entry music. And I, I'm pretty sure that's actually at the start of uh, the, the video on YouTube too. Mm -hmm. And hearing that song, that was hyping me up because that's just an absolute cracker track that I picked. What song was it? Uh, Sky Full of Diamonds by a, a British group called Hybrid. Okay. Um, they're, they're known for quick little detour here. They're, they're known for uh, mixing electronic beats with a full orchestra, not synthesized orchestra, but an actual orchestra. So if you go back to their album Wide Angle, um, you probably have heard Finnish Symphony in, uh, before. Uh, that's probably what most people will know, but their, their new stuff is really cool. And uh, they've also been doing some work with uh, the bassist from New Order. So one of their albums has a very New Order feel to it as well. Um, okay. Yeah, sorry, I, I like hybrid and that, that's just <laughs> I thought, a, crack, a cracker track to, to walk on stage to. <laughs> but, um, it, it, you know, with all the spotlights, I, I could not see anyone. And I'm looking out into this black space. It was really, really hard. I knew vaguely where a couple of friendly faces would be sitting, but I, I couldn't focus on any of them. Um, it was just so dark and so blinding. But then when I mentioned the cats, because that was the very first thing that came up was the cats. And you hear the little claps and the little cheers and, and it kind of disarms you a little bit to relax into what you're doing. And it, it's that, again, that energy that, you know, you can practice as much as you want, but you don't know what's going to actually happen when you get up there to do something. Yeah. And hearing those reactions, I think, ignites um, ignites what you're doing and, and hearing those those moments of, appreciating whatever it is that you've you've spoken about or whatever point you've made is when it, it's that i guess re, re, reaffirmation in a way of um 
that what you're saying does actually have interest and value besides what you think, that others have actually found that useful and there's been something said that's made people go, oh, okay, I get that now. Or, yeah, no, I want to learn more about that. And hearing those reactions, um, you can't plan or predict where they're going to be uh, within your talk. And that, that I think was, was really, really good to, to help fuel things along, along a little bit more too. And then we are back at the obvious part. So things you're telling, oh, that's obvious. Then the crowd is going wild. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, that, that, and that's the thing, like half the things that I think are interesting, I feel that no one cares about. And, um, you know, again, that's where a lot of the blog posts come from and, uh, I find it interesting. A lot of the things I babble on about on, on Twitter, um, whether someone else finds it interesting, well, someone else might. And even uh, wrote a blog post recently about speakers. I had a big speaker uh, journey to end up with the speakers I've got on my desk. And that post actually got quite a bit of interesting chatter happening between people and a few private messages and whatnot. Um, I, I thought it's speakers really who cares but uh, apparently a lot of people care about finding good speakers for their computer so there you go you know you, yeah. you never know until you put it out there yep absolutely that's right guys i think that might be a good spot to end it so i want to thank you so much for your time today are there any links or anything that you want to draw people's attention to i'll put everything in the show notes but um where can people find you and and yeah anything that you want to share Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's it's uh, Ruslan Steiger uh, or Ruslan Steiger. It's more easy. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, that's like the obvious way how you can find me. But the best way is in person. So when you ever come to Switzerland, hit me up, write me on Twitter. Hey, I'm visiting Switzerland and I try to organize an event through your time when you are coming. And I'm in Amsterdam for Laracon Europe as well so if you see me if you see me around just hit me up let's have a chat i love meeting people yeah that's everything i got how you can reach me and like marty said be present the present moment it's always the best thing to do beautiful and yeah so you can find me on on twitter uh or my website it's just martyfriedel.com that will have links to twitter Marty Friedel. Uh, feel free to drop me a line. You can find me on the Statomic Discord. I'll be floating around there as well. Um, if anyone ever has any questions, wants to have a chat about anything, feel free to reach out. And, you know, like Russ, uh, I'm going to be popping my head into PHP Melbourne. I think it's the 15th of February. Uh, so I'll be there if anyone wants to come and say hi as well. Well, there you have it, folks. Thanks again to Marty and Russ for being on the show today. If you'd like to be on the show, head to hallwaytrack.fm slash apply. You don't need to be a personality, you just need to have one. I've recently set up a Patreon for people that want to support the show, and you can find it at hallwaytrack.fm. If you follow Build Your SaaS or the Software Social podcast, you'll know the drill. For $10 a month, I'll read your name out at the end of each episode. The funds from the Patreon will go directly towards paying an editor so I can get more episodes out quicker. I know it's early days in the life of the show, but I'd love to keep this up for a long time, and editing is the killer for my time I can dedicate to the show, so this will really help. Thanks for listening. Please rate the show up in your podcast app, and please give me feedback on Twitter. I'm Mitch Dav, and I'd love to hear from you. I'll see you in the next one.